0: Tennessee. 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 Lord,
1: I really been real Welcome back to the Holler. Been gone a little while, but we're back now with a very special interview here on the Holler before we get into this with Dr. Fiskus. I want everybody to know that we are all across the state. We have hollers everywhere and that's all thanks to the generosity of our readership. TNholler.com is where you can find us. Your small dollar donations are what keep us going and make it 10 bucks a month or more and get one of these sweet hats that I'm wearing. Dr. Fiskus, thank you for joining us today. Obviously, you are here in between hits on Chris Hayes. I think you're on Maddow tonight. You've been on CNN. Obviously, this has been big news, what's going on with you. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here on The Holler.
0: Thanks, Justin. Um, thanks for the the opportunity to talk with you.
1: The first question I have for you, Dr. Fiskus, is how are you doing? It's been a whirlwind. I don't think you expected it to be like this. How are you?
0: I'm good. No, I didn't expect it to be like this. If you'd asked me Monday what I thought I'd be doing Tuesday, I thought I was going swimsuit shopping with my daughter on my first <laughs> day off. So uh, this has been a whirlwind to say the least. And, and the response has been remarkable. A friend of Brad's messaged him from Paris, France this morning that the story was airing there. Not where I expected to be. Um, but I'm good. Uh, the, the support that I've had from my colleagues uh, in pediatrics, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics at the Tennessee chapter of the AAP, former patients that have reached out um, and my TDH colleagues from um, all across the state has just been amazing. And, and really, that's what's given me the, um, the lift to be able to, to keep talking today
1: plenty of people that I've heard from here in Tennessee, voters, and even people that work in various health departments across the state, appreciate the work that you did. They enjoyed working with you. They said you were one of the reasonable voices inside the department. Appreciate also that you're speaking out, which I know probably couldn't have been an easy decision. What I was hoping to do is just kind of walk through what happened here. I know you've done that a little bit on some of these other shows, but I think it's gone a little quickly. So I just wanted to do it sort of a little bit slower. You were getting questions about how physicians and people that were giving the vaccine were supposed to handle minors. From your statement, which I'm just going to read, you said you reached out to the Tennessee Department of Health's general counsel to request a statement regarding the mature minor doctrine from a Supreme Court ruling, Tennessee Supreme Court ruling. You got a document saying, here's the new summary of the doctrine posted to the website and blessed by the governor's office feel free to distribute to anyone did you think you could distribute that to anyone
0: uh you know when when you get a message from legal counsel you can usually take it for what it says they're you know often more cautious about releasing information than probably anybody else in the department so yes i i took it as face value i had prefaced that in the email to the general counsel about what it was for hey i'm getting questions from physicians and health departments about what to do with minors can you share with me you know the the information that i can share and so i i did that i did write a short preamble that came before it about you know just hey the the pfizer vaccine is getting ready to be authorized for 12 and up i thought it might be helpful to to, um, have this information. And then what followed was information that had just come out from Advisory Council on Immunization Practices about being able to co-administer vaccines with COVID-19 vaccines, because we hadn't been able to do that. Sent it out and there was some blowback from that. Um, some providers, I guess, or recipients of that memo felt that it was undermining parental control of their children and posted it to social media and then um, started calling some of the the legislators and you know this what this was was a memo like every other memo I sent these providers throughout the course of the response about different elements of how they were to store or obtain or administer these vaccines so I'm not sure how sharing 34 year old case law is a fireable offense but um you know the the spin now coming from some of the legislators in government ops committee is that I was fired for the 38% uptake in Tennessee now so it's saw that. How this will evolve.
1: Are you talking about Reagan's email back when he put that at the end of an email? Somebody emailed Rep. Reagan, who is the chair of the GovOps committee about Dr. Fiscus's firing. And at the end of his very snarky email back, makes a comment about how we only have 38% of Tennessee vaccinated as though Dr. Fiscus is somehow being fired for that when they have made it so hard to actually get people vaccinated. That was fascinating.
0: It's not unexpected. Actually, I'm surprised it took them so long. You know, I got through 24-hour news cycle without them coming back to disparage me, so it's okay. I know the work that I did. I know the partners that I had in universities across the state, in other departments within um, state government, in school districts across the state. I helped to guide them through the last year plus, so I I know um, what my accomplishments are, and um, I'm I'm not concerned about what Representative Reagan might be um, accusing me of. But at any rate, you know the the memo went out. People people got upset.
1: How did you hear um, about the backlash? When did it first hit your ears that, oh, this is going to be a problem?
0: Uh, I think I saw it on social media first. I think someone posted on the TDH Facebook page about how you know we were targeting children or trying to vaccinate children without Parents knowing about it, and then um, you know my husband serves on the Williamson County School Board, so um, there was pretty immediate accusations of he and I being in cahoots with Williamson County Schools to go in under the the dark of night and vaccinate unwilling wow. children um, without their parents knowing, which is against the law to administer any healthcare in a school without parental consent. So, but you you know how things devolve. Well, there so, is a lot
1: of crossover. You yeah. mentioned your husband Brad. We should say is a Williamson County School Board member. He actually ran as an independent for the seat that disgraced ex-speaker Glenn Cassida is currently sitting in. And there is a lot of crossover, not only just in the way that this is going down, but I think actually in the people that are behind it, a group called Tennessee Stands is essentially taking credit. They're, They're celebrating Dr. Fiscus's firing. This is Elizabeth Murphy, who runs the Knoxville chapter of Tennessee Stands and is running for Knoxville City Council. Everybody in Knoxville should know, saying that basically a physician gave them the memo that Dr. Fiscus had sent out about the mature minor doctrine. And it was Tennessee stands that started drumming up the anger and animosity and getting the Republican legislators riled up for that GovOps meeting. Of course, in the same post, Elizabeth Murphy is fundraising off of this and and tap dancing. So yes, there's a lot of crossover and people should be aware that the attack on our schools, the attack on our health department, the attack on people who are trying to do the right thing like Dr. Fiscus are coming from a lot of the same people.
0: Yeah. So what all of this culminated in was Tennessee Department of Health being called before the Government Ops Committee on June the 16th. I was in Anchorage, Alaska, celebrating my 31st wedding anniversary to the amazing Brad. There were legislators in that uh, committee hearing, and if you haven't listened to the the video of that, I, I suggest you do, who actually called for the dissolution of the State Department of Health because of this memo that they felt was um, inappropriately targeting children. They also admonished the Department of Health for communications that were put out on social media encouraging children to get vaccinated. What they actually said was that vaccines are available for children 12 and older, but all of those communications originate through the governor's office, approved by the governor's office. I actually had nothing to do with any of those social media posts except to review the content that was presented to me, and they were all done through the administration. So um, it's interesting how things get twisted. I believe Representative Reagan has also accused me of using taxpayer funding to um, advertise to adolescents, which I don't have access to state funds. All of the activities that we do through the immunization program, Department of Health, or CDC-funded federal dollars, yes, but actually sent to us for the express use of combating vaccine hesitancy and and doing public messaging. It's actually in our federal grant that we are to do public messaging around COVID-19 vaccine.
1: It's generous of you to assume that facts actually matter to people like Rep. Reagan. They tell the story and they don't let facts get in the way. People like you are who get hurt. So you mentioned this GovOps meeting That happened. And I wanted to play a little bit of it. This is some video. The Republican legislators essentially threatened, not essentially, they threatened to dissolve the Department of Health because of what we're talking about.
0: So we can come up with eight kids statewide that have presented at health departments unaccompanied. Three were my own children because they're 16 and their mom works.
1: We should let 14-year-olds, if they choose, have this vaccination. Is that correct?
0: That's correct, yes, sir. That provision has been in place since 1987.
1: I don't know how the terms that I could use to express my extreme disappointment.
0: It's very disconcerting. The Department of Health is targeting
1: our youth. Personally, I think it's reprehensible that we would do that to our youth in Tennessee. There are people that have received the shot and gotten COVID. Remember Ronald Reagan saying the most fearful words in the world are, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. Everybody in the world Mm -hmm. is trying to get to Tennessee
0: right now. I make a motion that we bring the doctor back here next month for consideration For the dissolving and reconstitution of the Department of Health is not
1: constitutionally mandated. I think
0: it would be very unusual for a state not to have a Department of Health. I'll be opposed to the motion. I just don't think that's a good way to run our government.
1: I'm not under the impression from any of this conversation that mature minor doctrine has posed a
0: problem. I think there is a sense that we're hiding in dark alleys and whispering to kids, hey, come get vaccinated. We're not. We're not doing that. Under no circumstance is the department encouraging children to seek out vaccination without parental consent. The vast majority of kids that come in alone, eight, the parents know.
1: Okay. So people get the sense of what was going on that day. Commissioner Piercy was under attack. Very clearly they were implying that kids were being targeted that there was nefarious things going on it was really being led by Sapicki. what were you thinking as you watched that go down
0: well um you know i didn't watch it until i i got back from my vacation um and and it it sure took um that you know that kind of blissful feeling that you have for a few minutes when you get back from a break um <laughs> and and trashed that pretty quickly i had heard um from you know people that saber rattling had happened around dissolving the department of health which is a completely ludicrous statement Damn. i Pandemic. Yeah, During a pandemic, yeah, e- even in blue skies, dissolving the Department of Health that helps people with HIV and tuberculosis and uh, identifies and treats STDs and helps with family planning and provides immunizations to the more than 50% of children in Tennessee who are covered under 10 care. It's ludicrous that that statement was even uttered. But I think what disturbed me the most after that was the response of TDH leadership to that saber rattling, which was to immediately place a moratorium on any COVID-19 vaccine outreach that we were doing to adolescents in the state. So that meant canceling COVID-19 adolescent pods that were being scheduled to, um, to bring kids in and then very quickly devolved now into no immunization messaging whatsoever, whether that is around back to school vaccinations or flu vaccinations coming in the fall or infant vaccinations or HPV vaccinations to prevent HPV related cancers in a state that has one of the highest HPV related cancer rates in the entire nation. Now, what we have is wiping of boots on public health, the stopping of exactly what public health is to do, which, you know, the mission at TDH protect, promote, and improve the health and well being of the people of Tennessee. And when we are now obstructing the access to vaccinations, primarily impacting our poorer or black or brown communities that you know have working parents that can't stop their days and take their children to get vaccinated but sure can have them vaccinated at a school-based event where by the way it's against the law to provide any kind of medical care without parental consent so if what they're concerned about is minors going rogue and going getting vaccinations at the behest of the department of health the safest place to make sure that that's not going to happen is to have them vaccinated at school where they have to have parental consent so now what we've done is is roll back all of these opportunities for vaccination. Stop all of the messaging around any kind of vaccinations. We are behind by 30,000 kids that did not get MMR vaccines last year that should have because of the pandemic, because they were afraid to go seek healthcare because their healthcare provider wasn't available, because they didn't have PPE, or because um, the Department of Health was out in the parking lot swabbing people for COVID or or vaccinating them and didn't have the bandwidth to provide immunization services at the time. We have 30,000 kids that we need to get caught up, plus the kindergartners that are getting ready to start school in three weeks, and now we can't have school-based back-to-school vaccination clinics, and we can't do any kind of messaging to parents letting them know that their child might be behind.
1: Right. So their reaction was not only to just completely cave and essentially concede the points that were being made about outreach, vaccine outreach to young people, they overcompensated and basically saw, okay, our base is against vaccines in general. Now we're going to stop all vaccine outreach period. So it sounds like what we have really is not only a movement against the COVID-19 vaccine, this is the anti-vaccine movement taking over the highest reaches of Tennessee's government. Is that what you see happening?
0: It, it absolutely is. And, and you can hear it in the comments that are made um, you know, during the GovOps meetings that come straight from the anti-vaxxer playbook. Senator Roberts made the comment that the COVID-19 vaccine has killed more people than any combination of vaccines in the history of vaccines. That is because of a misinterpretation of VAERS data, the Vaccine Adverse Event r- Reporting System data, the surveillance system that's used to catch signals that where there may be a problem with the vaccine, for example, the J&J That happened because of um, thrombocytopenic thrombosis that was happening in 14 people out of more than a million with that product. That VERS system is what catches that signal. Anything that happens related to getting a vaccine is reported to VERS. So if I get a vaccine and tomorrow I die from a heart attack and I had a bypass surgery a month ago for my horrible coronary artery disease, it gets reported to VAERS as having had happened after a vaccine. Get a vaccine and I cut my foot off with my lawnmower, it gets reported to VAERS as having had happened after a vaccine. If I'm a 97 year old in a nursing home who gets a COVID vaccine and I die, it gets reported to VAERS as having happened after a vaccine. So what they've done is taken this information and said, oh, there's been 5,000 deaths reported after COVID-19 vaccine. There is no level of causation here. Yes, someone died. And yes, they had a vaccine. It could have been this person died, but we have to report that they ate broccoli 24 hours ago. Misrepresentation of that data. When Kerry Roberts says this has killed more people than any vaccine, he has taken that information straight from the anti-vaxxer playbook, taking absolutely no effort to go out and, and understand what VAERS data means or talk to vaccine experts like myself or reach out to Vanderbilt where they study vaccines all day in his backyard, Senator Bowling with, um, we don't need to vaccinate people because there's hydrochloroquine, ivermectin, and vitamin D. Hydrochloroquine that's been shown to not only not treat or prevent COVID-19, but actually cause harm. Ivermectin, which is a worming medicine, that has not been shown to um, improve outcomes from COVID-19, and vitamin D, which has uh, everyone has hung their hat on vitamin D from you know treating liver spots to um, to bone cancer. Answer, I think. So these are unfortunately citizen legislators who do not have a background in science and um, and seem to be frankly unwilling to speak to people who do.
1: Reagan actually in that email also cited that VARES data that you're talking about. Worth pointing out, my friend Holly McCall posted this earlier that just last year, Governor Lee had proclaimed August immunization Month now has issued a directive internally not to even mention it. So we've seen this complete flip. Meanwhile, you know, now we have Tennessee ranking number one and largest increase in new COVID cases. That's today. And that's the backdrop. And it's become a national story. Tennessee was trending fifth nationally, people speaking out all over Rick Wilson, Chelsea Clinton. Basically, what we're projecting to the world is that we are an anti vaccine state firing the people who know what they're talking about, like Dr. Fiscus, rather than empowering them to do their job. You've mentioned on a couple of shows now, and I'd be remiss not to ask you this, a toxic culture working underneath Governor Lee. You said morale was low. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? And I guess also maybe a message, if you have one, for the people that are still at the Department of Health?
0: Yeah. First, um, I think to the people at Department of Health, um, you know, one, thank you for the tremendous outpouring of support. They are... 201, the most wonderful people that I have ever worked with. Um, I've had the honor to work with them for four and a half years. They are superb, care about nothing more than promoting the health of Tennesseans up to a certain level. But over the last year, more so over the last probably three or four months, the toxicity within the Department of Health because of the the leadership there has been palpable. Uh, People are walking on eggshells waiting to be fired. The governor's office trolls our social media accounts to make sure that we're not posting anything that might look not only disparaging of the government, which we we wouldn't do, but even getting ahead on any kind of messaging. I remember I posted a message on my Facebook account, which, um, you know, I was pretty active in social media from an education standpoint. I have a a large number of followers. I use that as a platform to put out vital, correct, fact-based, evidence-based information for people to consume and share. Very early in the pandemic, I, I posted about antibody testing. And antibody testing was not really helpful in determining if you were immune to um, COVID-19 or if you've been, we know that if you're positive, you've been exposed, but we don't know if you have immunity. And I was admonished internally for doing that because it was messaging kind of ahead of where the department was. Toxicity around that, um, colleagues that have postings about Black Lives Matter or other social justice um, issues that, that have been admonished. And does
1: this come from Governor Lee himself? I mean, I just want to be clear about that.
0: Yeah, I'm not clear about that. Um, You know, it it trickles down to us from, you know, our boss's boss to our boss to, to us that, you know, hey, there's talk that you posted something to social media and that's not acceptable. You need to take care of that. So, yes, there's been this growing level of toxicity. And then more and more, we have been unable to follow CDC guidance and unable to message CDC guidance. And that is where we in public health really have difficulty is in this position between being scientists and physicians and epidemiologists and experts in public health Listening to the federal and and sometimes international public health recommendations, but then working with Tennessee elected officials, appointed officials, and our citizen legislature, who does not have that level of understanding of how to mitigate the worst pandemic in over a hundred years, and being unable to message or try to enforce or highly recommend certain mitigation things be put into place. You know, we we begged for a mask mandate, we couldn't get it
1: segues nicely into the question that I really wanted to ask you, which was, how do you feel Tennessee did during the pandemic?
0: Um, not well. We had high death counts. We had tremendous case counts. One of the reasons that we had such blessedly low positivity rate here recently is yes, because we got our most highly vulnerable people vaccinated to a a very high percentage, 75, 80%, but also because we have such large temporary herd immunity because of all the infections that we've had. 170,000 children that we know of diagnosed with with SARS-CoV-2 infection over the last year. These are not small numbers of people that have been infected. We're going to be able to ride that for a little bit until that immunity wanes or until the Delta really comes in and takes hold. And we find out that that natural immunity doesn't protect people. But you know, we didn't have a mask mandate. We were one of very few states that didn't. Governor Lee was, was actually heard to say that one of the good things about uh, not having a mask mandate is you never have to worry about when to stop it. He said a
1: lot of things. I mean, his <laughs> saying, you know, the storm is passing every single day while people were dying was, you know, I can't imagine how that felt internally when you saw pictures of him the mask issue and he was not wearing them when he was in rural counties did that affect things internally
0: Oh definitely I mean we we would hang our heads and shake them and and you know we can't believe this is happening when pandemic was basically declared over and you know he was on Twitter in restaurants right next to somebody without a mask on There's just so many things that we could have done to even just strongly encourage people to do the things that we need to do to mitigate this disease. And you know, now I'm I'm terrified Three weeks away from school. We have them under vaccinated, not COVID vaccinated, not even COVID vaccine eligible in a lot of cases. No mask mandates in schools for the, the most part. I haven't heard of any that are being put in place. No ability to socially distance in school because there's no remote learning. These kids, I fear, are, are just going to be sitting ducks waiting for this more infectious variant to come through that is impacting kids. There's seven kids on ventilators right now in Mississippi because of the Delta variant.
1: I read that. It's hard Horrible. By the way, we could talk about efficacy of the vaccine and whether or not kids should be vaccinated and whether or not 14-year-olds are old enough to make this decision. But at the end of the day, you asked for guidance. You were given guidance. You were told it was blessed by Governor Lee and it was okay to share it. You shared it. You got fired. This is not about having these debates about the vaccine. This is about being scapegoated by a governor who is being pressured by Anti vaccine, anti science legislators. So, you know, we've had people come at us on social media saying parents should be able to make these decisions, you know, freedom this, freedom that. It's not about that. This is about a public servant who did her job and got fired for it. We can have that debate all you want. You can jump on here and talk to us about that. That's not what this is about. This is about you know, a political firing and somebody whose life has been upended. And we really appreciate that you've come on here. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you are doing other stuff. I think you're on Maddo tonight. I did want to flash this picture of Chris Hayes hearing your story last night. That was a face that he wore throughout most of your interview. And that I felt that face in my guts. You can answer this or not, but John Ray Clemens yesterday when we talked to him he felt like Dr. Piercy should have stood up for you. If you fire her, I go too. I don't want to mention the you know political aspirations. Some have speculated on that. I'm not going to ask you to speculate. Do you wish she had stood up for you?
0: I am disappointed that the truth didn't come out about the memo. Our general counsel was also present in that hearing. He knew that he sent me the email that said that the language was blessed by the governor's office and that I could share it. I was very disappointed that, that he didn't stand up and say something. Dr. Piercy not only um, didn't... Uh, defend that publicly, but but also didn't respond to um, things like Senator Bowling's comments about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine when she had the opportunity to do it. Yes, Commissioner Piercy has said very openly in the Tennessean that she aspires to be governor or senator or to have a White House appointment, a cabinet appointment. And so it's hard to imagine some of these decisions to placate the legislators uh, wouldn't have something to do with her political aspirations as well.
1: That's well. Said, I, I would definitely tend to agree with you. Again, I so appreciate you coming on here and talking to us about all of this. I so appreciate that you're doing the right thing and speaking out about all of this because it will help people. It will save lives for you simply to just talk about this stuff. You speaking your truth is going to help people in some way, shape, or form. You know, I don't know where you're headed next. Do you even know where you're headed next? What's next for you?
0: We have talked. My children are older. They're they're both in college. Um, I'm getting ready to leave, we're going to be empty nesters for the first time. And we have been very open with our discussions that we will um, likely leave the state. Uh, I don't think there's a reason for us to stay here. And, and, you know, I'm really torn about that. You know, if all the good people leave, then, then what are we left with? Um, and at the same time, Brad and I have both dealt with our share of this toxic partisan And, you know, there's just kind of only so much one person can take.
1: I, <sighs> I know this is, see, this is, The issue that I have with, we try to report on all this stuff and we try to let people know what's going on in our state, but I am constantly dealing with that issue, which is the more you talk about how messed up this place is, the more we lose good people. And I understand it. I don't fault anybody for making the best decision for their family, but it is Tennessee's loss, as people are saying. I really hope the people who can, I mean, this is, you've gone through something here. I have no idea what your professional options will be next. So you guys need to do what you got to do. As long as you stay in touch with us, the people who can stay, I really hope you'll stay and fight to save Tennessee from this nonsense because it's worth it.
0: There are 64 people in my position in the country that rolled out this vaccine to our jurisdictions. I am the 25th of those 64 to leave their position this year. And I think that says a lot about, you know, how well we can continue to weather this this has been a herculean effort f- that has fallen on the shoulders of, of 64 people primarily with tremendous partnerships with you know every aspect of public health and and private and public sector folks but but it's it's a lot and um, and many of us are working in these very very toxic environments there's just so much you can do the, the the one thing I wanted to mention too though is regardless of how you feel about whether or not a 14 15 16 or 17 year old is mature enough, to be able to make a decision to become vaccinated. It is case law in the state of Tennessee for 34 years. And so they do have that right in the state of Tennessee. My memo was not a commentary on that. It was telling people, telling providers of those vaccines what the rights are of those individuals, that they have the right to choose to get vaccinated without the consent of their parents if they want to. And terminating me on Monday didn't change that. It is still the law in Tennessee, case law in Tennessee that If they want to go and get a vaccine, they can do it. So it's really hard to find justification for relieving me of my duties when my team and I and all of the folks through the Department of Health have done a really extraordinary job of getting this vaccine out to an unwilling public, unfortunately.
1: Dr. Fiscus, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for all you've done. You and Brad and your family, all the best. And and please let us know if we can be helpful at all. Thank you so much for doing this.
0: I appreciate your time, Justin. Thanks so much.
1: So that is Dr. Michelle Fiscus, who was just fired by a cowardly governor who caved to the whims of an anti-science faction of the Republican Party here in Tennessee, which, you know, frankly, it's not a faction. It's just the party. It's not really just a small part of the party. It's the party. This is how they think. This is what they believe. But as Dr. Fiscus just said, it's not about whether or not you think that's the right thing. It's the law. And the party of law and order should support the law. This is case law. And all she did was share case law with doctors who are administering this vaccine, the distribution network who are asking questions. She got it blessed by the Department of Health, by Governor Lee's administration. They told her, go ahead and share it. And they fired her for it. That's not defensible. Don't come here talking about Oh, you know, parents, final decision, all that. That's not what this is about. We can have that discussion. This is about somebody who, if you just watch this interview with an open heart, you can tell that her heart's in the right place. And if you can't see that, then that's a you problem. So this is about a woman and her family who are now going to have to uproot and leave Tennessee maybe because this governor doesn't have a backbone to put it mildly. How has that Impacted your community? How many people died that didn't have to throughout this pandemic? You just heard one of the top officials at the Tennessee Department of Health say that we didn't do that well throughout the pandemic, pointing out that his hypocrisy when it came to masks and things like that hurt them, hurt their morale, and probably led to more loss of life than needed to be. I think we all owe Dr. Fiscus and her family a debt of gratitude, especially for what they're going through now. And to The Governor Lee administration officials and maybe some others who are watching this, shame on you. Shame on you. Not only for what you did to Dr. Fiscus, but for what you're doing to our state, to health in Tennessee, for what you're doing to education in Tennessee. It's all the same. It's all linked. F in education funding, bottom in poverty, number one in medical bankruptcies, number one in rural hospital closures the bottom and infant and maternal mortality, this is all on you. Your ideology, it's all linked and there's no escaping that. You owe Dr. Fiscus an apology. You owe this whole state an apology and we will continue to holler the truth about what you're doing. Thanks everybody for joining us.